buttoned that up. <laughs> I'm very relaxed, as you can tell. I've been stretching. Um, uh, hey, man. So uh, welcome to the ISS podcast, bro. And I just want to say, uh, uh, getting you on, Master of Puppies, um, and you've got a backstory that people are going to want to hear. And... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, I've done some cool stuff in my time. Uh, but thanks very much. I appreciate it. I've definitely been wanting to come on here for a day, for a, a long time now. So um, it's my first podcast too. A little bit nervous, not going to lie, but uh, it's all good. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, just finished up 20 years uh, in the Defence Force, um, starting from the Navy, ending in the Army. Um, awesome career. I'm sort of missing it at the moment. Um, but you know, I'm living the life on the Goldie at the moment and absolutely loving it. So, because, yeah, because times. mate, we could, we could unpack this for, for about five episodes, but so far we've got, uh, ex Navy clearance diver and then yep. moved to two commander was a, as a doggy, right? That's correct. Yeah. So before that, so I joined when I was 17, uh, straight from school, hated school. Um, just, you know, wasn't doing good. My old man, uh, he's still serving at the moment in the Navy. Um, he's a coxswain in the, in the Navy. Uh, um, anyway, enough of that. He got me in the Navy. I joined as a bosun's mate. Uh, did that for six years. Uh, it was a great job, great first job to, to join the Navy and, and uh, learn the ropes, travel the world. Uh, always had the ambition to change over and, and be a clearance diver. You know, it's the coolest job in the Navy. Um, did that for 10 years. Did some really cool stuff with that. Um, <clears throat> I went out to Tag East. I uh, was a um, diver there for nearly two years. Uh, and then the dogs came in. Uh, they, they brought the dogs into two command. I was like, that's me. I've always wanted to work with dogs uh, my whole life. Um, and as soon as they came in, I, was, I just put my, dis- my um, transfer in. Uh, did selection, did Rio, uh, got to the companies. And um, I remember when I first got there, they like, had my interview uh, with, with the boss. And he's like, why'd you change over? What do you want to do here? What do you want to do at the company? I was like, mate, I changed over to work with dogs. Like, that's my goal. It's my passion in life. And he's like, oh, that's cool. We need a dog handler. Uh, you're on course in four weeks. I'm like, oh, my God, it's <laughs> happening. And uh, anyway, like every time I saw the dogs uh, for the companies or at the range and stuff like that, man, I just couldn't stop looking at them. You know, I was on course and, you know, just watching them everywhere they get, uh, they went. I had a smile on my face all the time every time I saw them. And, um, mate, just getting on course, passing that course was just the, the best achievement of my life. Um, and then just working that for them got, uh, with those guys for the following six years uh, was amazing, man. Um, so, yeah, I recommend it to anyone in the military to work with dogs. It doesn't matter if you're a commando dog handler, you know, MP, RAF, whatever. As long as you can work with the dogs, I absolutely love it and, and recommend it to, to anyone. That's a that's a pretty unique way to get in. Sorry, Max, but like, there's not a lot of people. Everyone that I've ever met that wanted to do selection to go east, west, yeah. any kind of SF unit, yeah, it's because they want to be the baddest motherfucker there and, and do yeah. all the good jobs that you see in the movies and that. Yeah, I've never heard that anyone wanted to go through selection so that they could play with dogs. <laughs> when you put it like that, it's pretty funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's a fucking mate. It's a yeah, big, yeah. it's a big feat to to, know, to accomplish. I know, man. But you know, I've just got that passion and drive for for those guys and for the dogs. I, I just always have. Um, and I know it's funny, but it's just my mentality. You know, no matter how hard it was on selection or even um, training up to do all that sort of stuff, um, I was like, I'm doing this for my dog that I've never met yet. <laughs> 
I know it sounds stupid, but that's what I always had in my head. I can't let my dog down that I'm going to be with in the future. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I always just that had me uh, going and all through the, the tough times. It's just thinking about that just over and over and over, you know. So got me so through, what, man. What are they? Because uh, and and it wasn't an EOD dog; it was an attack dog. Yeah, uh, attack and let's dog, pretend yeah. let's pretend I fucking know nothing about doggies, mate. I know there's ones that bite you, and I know there's ones that stop you getting blown up, mate. But you work with attack dogs, or as Keegan That's likes correct. to say, land sharks, mate. Yeah, the land sharks, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, they're the big bad attack dogs, you know, uh, the two commando uh, dogs. Uh, they're amazing to work with. We generally work with. Uh, the Belgian Malinois, uh, which I'm actually getting one in two weeks, a little puppy. Uh, so I'm a little bit scared <laughs> about that. Uh, but we'll see how we go with that. Um, the German Shepherds, uh, as well as the Dutch Shepherds uh, as well. Pretty much the high drivey sort of dogs. Um, so obviously we know, need those sort of dogs because they're just very high drive. They can work all day. Um, pretty much where we go, they go. You know, everything we do, they've got to come with us. You know, so if they're jumping out of a plane, if they're jumping out of the hel- helicopters, the cars, boats, um, you name it, they're with us. Even uh, during the day, I'll get my dog, take him up to the office, do some stuff on the computer. He comes with us. You know, the boys love it. Um, and then, you know, go out to the range and, and do our stuff all, all day with them at night. Um, and they're just like your little psychic, your best mate. You know, it's, it's absolutely amazing uh, working with those guys. You know, and all the boys that work there, they've just got a hell passion. Uh, working with those dogs um, and a lot of those guys don't like to take leave and I was one of them because once you're, if you take leave, your dog's training slips, right? And your dog is a representation of you. So if your dog looks like shit, you're shit, all right? So <laughs> no one wants to look like shit, all right? So the boys just <laughs> never wanted to take leave, you know what I mean? Even over Christmas, you know, like we tried to take minimal, all the minimal leave we could just so we could keep our dog to that, that standard uh, of training. You never can't know. Ah, uh, no, you can't take those ones home. <laughs> I mean, our, those they can't play of, with the kids. They don't really, obviously, they don't really see kids or any of that sort of stuff. Uh, you could take pretty much most of them from home uh, and trust them. The good things about our dogs is, uh, especially the SF dogs, is we need them to be uh, have some clarity all right, around people. We need them to be social. We don't, we don't want the dogs that just want to. Oh, there's a person I don't know, and, you know, try and bite them or have a go at them. Uh, we call them shit dogs, all right? We don't want those dogs, all right? We want dogs that uh, have that clarity. Uh, when we tell them uh, to, to uh, you know, bite someone, then they will do it, not otherwise, okay? So we need them around all the boys at all times. We need the boys uh, uh, giving the dog direction, you know, sending the dog into certain rooms. If anything ever happened to the handlers, um, so one of the boys has to take charge of that dog. You know what I mean? So we can't have a, a dog that just wants to bite everyone because uh, the boys just become scared of them. They don't want to go near them. Um, so we need those social dogs, um, you know, as well as being a big, bad, tough motherfucker, okay, um, which pretty much they all are. So uh, those dogs, they're just constantly on selection. You know, like as soon as we get them from wherever we get them, you know, we're training them and testing them and, um, you know, just all the time. Um, so they pass their course. They're still getting assessed. All the time, um, they're just constantly on a selection. If their training starts to go downhill a little, little bit, we have to reassess, um, have a look, and then we possibly might have to uh, rehome them, pass them on to another organisation. Uh, I don't want to say who, uh, but you know, <laughs> in the military, <laughs> uh, 
Um, and or the handlers can uh, potentially take them home as well. Uh, but pretty much if the dog is due for retirement or we have to pass them on, um, generally the handlers get first preference of, of taking uh, the dogs home um, because, you know, they've got such a bond with those guys uh, and they've put a lot of time and effort into those guys and there's just so much, you know, respect there between the two. Because what's the uh, the, the three breeds? So you're saying the Belgian Malamu. Malamois. Did I say that right? Yep, Malamois. Malamois. It's sort of uh, spelled. It's spelled like Malinois, uh, but uh, we say Belgian Malinois. The German Shepherd. Obviously, those two are from completely different places, but uh, people always get them confused. Okay, like because the the Mali sort of looks similar to a, a German Shepherd. Generally, a little bit more agile, a bit smaller sometimes, uh, and the hair's a little bit shorter as well. Uh, they're they're got a more athletic build. Uh, and they can pretty much go all day. Where if you get like a big German Shepherd, there's no way I would want to lug that bloody thing around and jump out of helicopters and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, we, we like the athletic uh, sort of dogs. Uh, so as they, well, sorry, as well as the the Dutch Shepherd was the other one that I was talking about. So they're yeah. similar in size, just a little bit uh, different looking, and again from a, a different place also. And so mainly the Dutch, so mainly the the, the, the Malamois or whatever. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So a lot of people say Malamute, which is completely different. Obviously, they're, they're big, white, fluffy things, okay? So don't get them confused with that. <laughs> and so you jump, you jump these dogs out of planes, out of choppers. They are strapped to you when you jump an out? 100%, exactly. I never, ever got to free fall with my dog by myself. I never actually got to do the course. Uh, but I did do a tanner with one of the boys uh, with my dog, which was an amazing experience. One of my goals was to, you know, be able to get on the free fall course uh, and jump with a dog. It, it never happened. Uh, so many other things got in the way. Um, and so I ended up having the chance to jump uh, a tandem a couple of times and getting my dog qualified to, to do that as well. So it was amazing. Do they behave themselves? Like uh, putting a dog on a C-130 or whatever you, you're jumping out of, like, is it like? So like anything, it's just all about workups, you know. Like you need to slowly get your dog uh, used to being around the airfield, slowly uh, introduce them to the plane. Um, then once the, the plane's turning on, then you can slowly start bringing them in uh, and then putting them on the plane and then off the plane, on the plane. Sometimes we just go up with the boys and just sit on the plane while it takes off. We wouldn't do anything. It would land, then we would get off. So we're just uh, working on their environmentals, okay? So um, pretty much we want to do that sort of stuff as uh, early as we can in their life so it doesn't bother them when they're older, you know? So, But some of the dogs we get are a little bit older when we get them from overseas or if we breed them ourselves. Uh, it just just depends. So, um, yeah, it can take a little bit of training. Some dogs are just born for it. They don't care. Whatever, just give it to me. Some you need to sort of coach them in and get them used to it. Uh, but it is what it is, uh, you know, with uh, with dog training. Is there is there like a specific word? So there's obviously a word that, that is – or you just let them off leash and then they know what to do? Or like how do you direct a dog to bite the person you want them to bite, mate? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. Um, and I'll probably get pulled up for some, uh, you know, training. That, you do it this way. I mean, there's so many ways to train a dog, okay? Like, um, there's not just one particular way. Uh, that's why there's so many dog training methods out there. Um, we sort of, we've sort of, um, you know, uh, moved around from method to method. Uh, we, we're always trying to better ourselves all the time. That's a really good thing I like about uh, Two Commando is, we don't just go, nah, 
this is how you do it. Okay, um, we're just going to stick with that. We're always trying to find other trainers and learn things from those guys uh, and just uh, work on how we can make our training better, how we can make our dogs better, how we can make uh, our handlers uh, better all the time. And that's what I really love uh, about working at, at, um, uh, at Tugumato. Not that I'm working there anymore. Um, so that, that's the, the, tr the training-wise. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Fuck, just went mind blank. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's right. that's, the um, training difference between, so what you're doing now versus yes. what you're doing before, to, to train a dog to bite someone's fucking yes. arm off cool. versus to train a dog to not shit in your house, how different is it? <laughs> uh, completely different. So completely different uh, methods, obviously completely different uh, drives with those dogs. Like, so I'm working now, I'm working with little chihuahuas, cavoodles, staffies, uh, up to German shepherds, pit bulls, all that sort of stuff. So it's a bit of a change now. Uh, every single dog is different. Um, so it's, and that's the good thing about uh, this job is it's every time I go to a new client, it's always different. Uh, dog training is all about problem solving uh, and just working out their problems. Again, not, not every dog's the same. This method might not work for this dog. This not might work for this dog. So we have to problem solve that way. Um, but the, the working dogs, we're teaching them to, at an early age, bite rags and bite everything you can, jump up on the tables, jump on top of a car. We don't care. Just do all that stuff. Now I'm teaching dogs, don't bite me. Don't nip at your owners. Uh, poo on the P-mat or whatever, uh, all that sort of stuff. So it's completely different. So we're not trying to bring these drives out. We're trying to calm these dogs down now. Uh, and just be well-mannered, easygoing dogs, okay, instead of uh, big, you know, ferocious fighting machines, you know, uh, which I, I do miss it. Um, I do miss the working dog side of things. I'd love to go that way on the outside. Um, like, a, you know, I've got that mad passion for it, but there's already a few organisations going at the moment uh, with a few, you know, ex-serving uh, members from all around uh, the, the ADF. Uh, they're doing a, a pretty good job. Um, and those dogs go very quickly and there's such a market for it. I just don't know if I'd want to go that way. You need, at the start, you need a bit of cash to get that sort of thing going. You need to buy some decent dogs. You need to buy some property. You need to hire people to help you to kenneling and all this sort of stuff to develop these dogs. It's really hard just to develop one or two dogs and have them in your backyard, you know, and treating them as a home dog. We need to treat, treat them as work dogs. And a lot of people do have problems with that, um, treating their dogs as a work dog if they are a work dog. Um, especially for the army dogs, we need them to, to be work dogs. And no matter what situation they, get, uh, situation they get put in, they have to thrive in that, you know. Um, we don't want them, oh, what's that noise? What's that noise? Um, or, or stuff like that. So they just, you know, they need to thrive in, in, that, in those environments. Uh, but saying that the, the pet dog industry, it's a very big industry. But there's a lot of shit trainers out there. There's so many shit trainers out there. Um, and I think that's why uh, Master of Puppies is doing so well, uh, without talking myself up too much. <laughs> um, we've got the background of working with these uh, high-intensity dogs, uh, as well as working with little puppies to the two hours and stuff that I was, uh, I was talking about. So we're very well-rounded. Every time we go to uh, someone's house, we're very confident in what we do. We know exactly what we're going to do. Our processes are the same for every single dog. Um, our method's very easy for the owners to, to pick up. Dog, can, dog training can be very, very confusing 
for people, so marking at the wrong time, giving food here, not saying this word here, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and all these stupid myths and stuff out there, you know, like, for example, your dog's not allowed to eat before you. Your dog's not allowed to walk inside before you. Uh, this and that, it's all bullshit. It's all these stupid myths from, uh, you know, back in the day. Um, so oh, fuck, to- that's everything that I have. <laughs> <mate. laughs> I I have never let a dog eat before me because of that reason. I'm like, oh, I've heard that I'm the alpha in this pack. Yeah, like, yeah. What lies you reckon? I'm like hearing that uh, you got to be the alpha and alpha this, <laughs> alpha that. Oh, mate, fucking bullshit. Um, you know, you've got to uh, show them, yes, you're the leader, okay, and, you know, they've got to do everything you, you tell them to do. You need to have control uh, over your dogs, uh, and that leads into safety. Without control, uh, then you don't have safety. You know, I've had a fair few people, um, clients in the past and friends, um, who their dogs have been hit by cars, you know, because someone's left a, a gate open or uh, a, their front door open. Um, they've run out, seen another dog across the road, bang, got hit by a car. Go to the dog park, let their dog off lead uh, without any training, um, and they see another dog or whatever, they're going for a run, they end up on the road, they get hit by a car. You know, there's, if you don't have the control with the obedience training, um, then you're going to have no safety either. Do you know? So o- obedience um, with any dog is, is key. Without obedience, you've got nothing. You can't do sports training. You can't do uh, military stuff. You, you can't do home dog training. Um, you need to have uh, and set those boundaries in concrete at the start. I get a lot of people contacting me when it's a little bit too late. You know, so there's dogs, you know, six months, year, two years old, whatever, uh, and the dog's bitten someone. Uh, like, what training have you done in the past? Oh, no, I haven't done anything. Why not? When when do you Why? get your, when when is the time? When's the the Goldilocks time to start training a dog? As soon as you get your dog, mate. So the dog that I'm getting in two weeks, it's only uh, six weeks old. I'm lucky because uh, I'm sort of helping the breeder out uh, with some other training on the side. Uh, with some other dogs, uh, but she's offered for me to come out or let me come out to do some training. And that dog's only six weeks old. There's some uh, international trainers out there. You know, they breed these dogs and um, that's their life. And they'll start training at even younger than that, you know, doing odour detection and, and all this sort of stuff um, where I'm trying to set that as early as I can. But home dogs, you don't have that, um, you know, you don't have that because you might be getting a dog shipped in from somewhere and the breeders aren't going to give you the dog until they're eight weeks old. Because they need to stay in that, that litter for that eight weeks. So they're learning off each other, they're learning off the mom and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but pretty much as soon as you get uh, your dog, eight weeks, whatever, from eight weeks on it, we will train dogs. Okay. It's pretty much all about the start. Yeah, the dog might not be picking it up uh, straight away, but it's all about sh- uh, teaching the owners. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, just uh, commanding the dog to do things, tonal conditioning. So talking to your dog uh, in a particular way so they understand. Uh, correcting your dog for doing the wrong things. We help with that sort of stuff. Um, there's that, that whole positive-only movement out there at the moment um, where your dog does something right and gets some food. Dog does something wrong, uh, recommand it and give it some food until it does the right thing. Your dog's not learning. Again, like I was saying before, there's so many shit chainers out there um, where they're, they're taking these dogs out of these situations. So, uh, for example... I've had a few aggressive dogs lately, uh, and I'm like, cool, have you had training before? Yes, I have. Uh, the trainer told me to um, take my dog to an industrial area for about a year to 18 months uh, and don't let it see any other dogs. You fucking serious? So an- antisocial what? fucking killer. <laughs> oh, my God, it kills me, man. 
So what you're doing is you, you know, you're putting a, a band-aid on a gunshot wound, really. You're just hiding the fact. You're not teaching the dog right from wrongs. You're not teaching it anything at all. You're just taking it away from that situation. Uh, and it's just never going to work. You know, putting food so, in front of Because my, my partner is the whole positive reinforcement. I'm like, no, if it does something wrong, you I could be talking shit too, but she's like, no, no, you only, you only, you only encourage it when it does something right. Positive reinforcement. I'm like, ah, oh, no, give it a smack, mate. So- <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, again, that positive whole movement of dog does something right gets rewarded. Yeah, no worries. Your dog might, yep, tell your dog to sit. Yeah, I'll sit. I'll get food. Hundred percent understand that. Um, but uh, we need with that whole stuff. A lot of people are doing uh, the training uh, wrong with their food training. What they're doing is they're they're feeding their dog treats upon their daily intake of food. Okay, so they'll, you know, some dog, uh, some people give their um, dogs food in the morning. I'll do that. Um, and then they'll train with their dog throughout the day, smackos and liver treats and all this sort of stuff. And then they'll give their dog food at nighttime, six o'clock. Yeah, I get fed. Okay. Um, where their dog sometimes learns, okay, I'm not going to do your training. I'm just going to eat my dinner at six o'clock. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. You can stick your training. Right? <laughs> that's, that's a lot of dogs do that. Uh, or a lot of dogs, they're only respecting the food. Okay, so, uh, yep, have you got food? Uh, yep, cool, I'll sit. Uh, or I'll come back. Have you got food? Uh, no. Nah. All right, I'm not, I'm not doing what you say. Do you know what I mean? So that sort of stuff happening. If you're taking your food to dog parks, you've got other people, other dogs, sorry, hassling you for your bloody food. Okay, um, so that's one of the reasons we don't use uh, food with, with our training uh, because to get dogs food-driven, sometimes you have to starve the dog a little bit. Okay, like... Uh, unfortunately, that's just the way it is to get your dog that motivated by the food. A lot of people don't want to do that. Imagine me telling, um, you know, a lady, you can't, don't feed your chihuahua, all right, uh, for a couple of days until it gets food motivated. <laughs> you know what I mean? It can take a, a fair bit of time. Uh, people aren't going to do that, and I don't want to tell people to do that either. Um, all our training is all about foodless, uh, foodless reward training. Uh, and it's all about that tonal conditioning uh, as well as that reinforcement contrast effect, which is our, our correction. So teaching dog, uh, the dog the right wrongs, right? Setting the boundaries and giving them structure in their life. Okay, we're only teaching home dogs. We're not teaching uh, sports dogs and uh, all that sort of stuff. We just want very chilled, stress-free dogs. Most people just want to take their bloody dogs to the cafe. Do you know what I mean? When I was, when I was down in Sydney, I get so many people... Uh, hey guys, um, I just want to be able to train my dog to take to the cafe and him just to sit there and not bark at anyone. No worries, we can help with that. Okay, no dramas. Um, but you need to teach them the right from wrongs, give them their boundaries and the structure, like I said before, in their life. So, so what about smacking and rubbing their nose in piss? Is that <laughs> days gone by? You're not allowed to do that anymore. I mean, that's old school um, sort of mentalities. I know there's probably still some people out there that do that. Um, which we're, we're definitely not a fan of. Even um, the the working dogs, the army dogs, we've gone away from that sort of stuff. Old school, there's so many better ways uh, to do things. <clears throat> Our training method that we teach um, is from uh, the Alpha Canine Group in Melbourne. So a big shout out to those guys. Um, they're amazing down there. And I did my civilian dog training course through those guys. Uh, I'm sort of basing my, um, my master of puppies off them. Really? Okay. All this changes the logo, really, and, and the people that are training with them. So what they've done is Greg Greg Fontana, the uh, the owner and head trainer down there, he's been a trainer for 
over 35 years. Um, so he's, he's been in the industry a fair while. The method that we teach is his particular method. It's very new. It's like 10 or so years old. Um, and it's slowly getting out there um, around Australia uh, and around internationally as well. There's some international trainers that have come over and done his course. But their, their, their training has just changed lives. It's ridiculous. The, the smile I see on people's faces uh, constantly with me teaching them their method. Oh, my God, my dog in one session, it stops jumping or it stopped, um, you know, barking or, or whatever in one session. Um, it's, it's a pretty big deal. Um, but, yeah, their training is just it's, – it's crazy what they've done uh, for the pet uh, industry. But like everything, there's haters. There's haters out there. The posse family, not nah, they correct dogs. You're not allowed to correct dogs. Uh, well, they're getting some pretty good results. You know, they're not telling people to go hide their dog in industrial areas and not see dogs for a year to 18 months or working on a dog for, for that particular time on, on certain issues when all you could give it is a couple of little corrections um, and then bang, it's not doing that stuff anymore, okay? Um, so the way we correct dogs, uh, it's, it's no hitting, it's uh, none of that sort of stuff. Uh, there is a negative side to it and all we do is we're marking when they did the wrong thing with the no. So I'm sort of training you guys at the same time, okay? So no, so if your dog, for an example, your dog comes up and jumps on you or a friend of yours, okay? We don't like that, it's annoying. We would mark no at that exact time that they jumped up, right? So your dog understands, yep, that time, that's when I did the wrong thing. What we're doing is we're giving our dog a physical correction. I know when I say the word physical correction, oh my God, you're hurting the dog, okay? Uh, so for all you lefties out there, no, we're not hurting the dogs, all right? <laughs> There's um, no lefties listening to this podcast, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck them. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're changing lives and you are. <laughs> so all we're doing is giving that physical correction. Eh? And all that all that physical, physical correction is, is adding a little bit of pressure under their collar, or we use halters as well. Uh, and walking the dog around in a very slow circle. All right, think of like a, a small coffee table. You'd be walking around uh, a coffee table around that size. All right, it takes about six to eight seconds every single time. All right, and what what's happening in that circle is you're giving that dog, okay, or they're learning from the discomfort associated when you've marked when they've done that wrong behavior. Does that make sense? So mm. they start learning. Okay, if I jump. I get a no, and then I get circled with that physical correction, okay? And then your dog possibly might do it again. They jump again. No. Circle. Walk them around. Slowly release, okay? And then we start warning them as well with our tonal conditioning. Dog does it again. Happens. No. Circle. And so on, okay? So we're just reading that, uh, just re uh, repeating uh, that situation, okay? We're just... Constantly resetting, putting him in that situation again. Okay, yep, calling him over, getting him excited, warning him not to do it. If they do it, no, circle, repeating that, that situation, getting him to come over, warning them, and they stop. And they get some positive plays, that positive reinforcement for doing the right thing. All right, and that dog learns from association from that correction. All right, it's, it's amazing what just that little thing has done. It's crazy. Has anyone, has anyone tried this on people? Because <laughs> I don't have a dog, right? So everything you do, like this will be one of the first podcasts I'm going to go back and listen to and take notes because I, I, I want to try this stuff with my kids. I get it all the time. I, I don't want to the smack them. I don't want to smack the kids. <laughs> I think that's fucked. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I also don't believe in only positive reinforcement, not with children. They're little savages. So I'm going to treat them like dogs and train uh, them. Uh, method, I think. 
Let's just say no. <laughs> I'm not talking about ethically. I'm talking about the practicalities. If it will work, I reckon it will. In the well, shopping, yeah. shopping centre, walking your kid around in a circle. No. I'll yeah. Give it, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> As a tantrum because yeah. he can't go in the little bouncy car. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. Something similar to that. Something similar to that. I actually know um, a lady in Sydney, I was writing, she's doing this to her horse. Right, so, oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's, she says it's working. It's, it's nuts. So no yeah. longer the master of puppies is Dr. fucking Doolittle, the, the animal whisperer, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, man, exactly. Because um, is, um, is there a – so off the street, you've got a particularly amazing set of skill sets that you can turn a dog into uh, – effectively weaponize a dog. Is there licenses? Like are you allowed to – let's say that I, I've never met you before and you have a and, – and, and some way I coerce you into, hey, man, I want to teach my dog to be an attack dog. And I bring them to you, and 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 we do it. Is is there a licensing thing where you're like, no, bro, it's illegal, or? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure every single state's different. Um, I've moved up to Queensland now, so I'm not really sure of the rules and regulations up here. I think you need to join a sports club um, up here. Um, New South Wales, I think the same sort of thing. I could be wrong, so uh, don't hold me to this. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Victoria is very strict. Standard Victoria. Uh, they're very strict on that sort of stuff. I know some trainers down there where um, if they train out of their fenced area, they'll get in so much trouble, massive fines, probably shut down a business and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, there would be rules and regulations of that. I am not teaching that uh, that sort of stuff because I need more people. I need all the equipment. Uh, it's a lot of time and effort uh, with that sort of stuff. And most people don't want that anyway. Um, it's this not too much of a market for it, uh, especially up here. I mean, yeah. What, I, what's the requirement? Like, so who, who would need them outside of cops and, and military who train their own? Who would need a civvy attack dog trainer? Uh, well, you only for the sports, really. The bite work for the sports is the, generally the only people that want it. Or I get, uh, you know, a few bikies here and there. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, look, no, nah, man, uh, I don't do that stuff and I'm not set up for it. Um, and I don't really know the legalities. Is there any city security companies that have dogs? Yeah, there is. Yeah, I keep seeing one around the Goldie um, cruising around. So I'm sure there is. Uh, but again, I'm not sure of the legalities uh, about it. Um, so yeah, it's really hard to, to say. Yeah, right. Yeah. What about Dobermans? Because like you watch Arnie movies from the eighties, and every dog that he had to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. smack their heads together, they're always Dobermans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they are they good to use for? Um, look, I like look, I like those sort of dogs as well. Uh, I like most dogs, uh, but I've I, I don't want to badmouth them. I, I never would. Uh, but you know, there's some tr- some trainers and people that use them around the world as well, and say they're the best dogs in the world, and that they love them. I love working with the Mallies, and I'll just continue to, to work with those dogs. I mean, some people have probably just brought up those dogs and have always worked with them, so they just continue on uh, mm-hmm. working with those dogs. Um, so I mean, good on good on them if they want to do that sort of stuff. No worries. Um, but you know, there's so many different dogs that get used for certain reasons. Um, they'd probably get used for, you know, intimidation because they're a bit bigger uh, and pretty strong. Like the German Shepherds, a lot of the cops uh, use those for their GDs because they're big and scary. Um, and, you know, I'd be scared of one of those things trying to have a go at me as well. Um, and that's sort of why they sort of use those dogs. 
Uh, but we use the bellows because they obviously can go all day and they do all the stuff that I was talking about uh, before. And, it, you know, if one of those guys get uh, get injured and, you know, we have to carry them, it's, it could be a long haul. So we've got to, you know, carry all their stuff as well as uh, as well as well them and, and so forth. Especially when you're, if you take a dog overseas, uh, my dog always drank more, more water than me. So I've got to carry his bloody water as well. You know what I mean? So um, you've you got to think of that and their food and their, uh, all that all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, the handlers have to carry all that shit with them, you know. So we sort of, you know, don't have to take certain other things uh, off, off the boys, which is awesome. Because <laughs> what, what is it? You, um, working, when we talk about how you treat a working dog, because there's people, sure. there's there's Sydney suburb, you know, people, that, and then there's people that grew up in farms, are like there's working dogs and then there's the family pet. Like, and they're treated completely differently, right? Like, like, yeah, 100%, man. 100%. Uh, with the work dogs, uh, I know, um, at Tucumano, you know, they've got the, the indestructible beds, apparently. That's bullshit. Um, and they've got the concrete as well, you know, that's and they've got the little areas I can go in, in and out of. Um, that's just what they're set up for. We need them to be able to go anywhere, obviously, around the world and just be comfortable. Uh, if we're giving, if we're giving them. You know, like comfy beds and uh, heaters and all this sort of shit. It's just not going to help them when they go in those environments. All right, it's just going to be a little bit harder when you do take them to the, those environments. Um, so we just have to be nice and hard and, and firm with them um, and, and treat them as working dogs. You know, not getting hugs off everyone. Um, you know, we call them little, getting little hugs, like little hug sluts. We don't want that. Yeah, the boys can come up and um, you know have a pat and, and stuff like that, but they've got to ask us first generally. Um, we don't want them just coming up and just, you know, getting pats off everyone because then our dog's just going to keep doing that, you know, and stop working and stuff like that. So generally, once the harness is on, no one touches him. All the boys know that uh, and job's on. And the dogs, they know when the job's on because uh, everyone's getting their gear on, everyone's sort of getting amped and there's that feeling in the air. Uh, and then you've got orders and all that sort of stuff. They come with us there. Uh, and then jobs on, mate. They're, they're just they're sweets straight Mate, away. we did this. Mate, this is a, a fantastic point. So there's two points. At, so one of them, so me and Keegan went over to New Zealand, did an exercise in New Zealand. We were working with EOD dogs, and they yep. were the same. Like when the harness is on, boys, can you not fucking touch my dog? Yeah. Because um, he knows he's working, and I don't want to lose. But when the harness is off, like, you know, it's 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 cool. And uh, we were in an ambush, and it was it, all training stuff, uh, and mm-hmm. it was freezing cold in New Zealand, man. And this dog yep. was – this this handler gave up his sleeping bag to to make sure his dog was warm, mate. He's like, no, no. Nah, nah, and uh, um, outside of that, fuck, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> you got too excited about the sleeping bag story. I got so excited. <laughs> I think, Max, Max, you almost got attacked by him, didn't you, when you went up to go wake up his handler? Yeah, I went to wake up the handler and he was like, let's go. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just, it's your, it's your mate's picket, mate. Just, just <laughs> and he's like a little like King Charles or something, like a little fluffy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love working. Uh, and yeah, shout out to the New Zealand boys. They're awesome dudes. I've worked with a fair few of those handlers. And as you know, you guys are probably tight with some of the New Zealand boys, and we're very tight with other uh, handlers over there as well. Uh, but the, the EOD guys in, uh, in Australia, like uh, I was always down there trying to work with those guys, learn with those guys. And, um, you know, there was never, ah, fuck, you're just EOD handlers or any of that sort of stuff. We always wanted to work with them and learn off them, and same as them uh, learning uh, off us as well. Um, so we're always very tight uh, with, with those guys as well. You know, even the whole uh, two, two commando and SAS bullshit that goes on, uh, 
uh, up and above in the ranks. Uh, it's not like that with the, with the boys, uh, especially the handlers. They're fairly tight as well. Uh, if anyone need, any needs any problems and stuff like that, it's, it's always been no problems to give them a buzz and have a chat. And uh, they're always more than welcome to come to the, the kennels and hang out and all that sort of stuff as well. Because what's it be? You'd have some anxiety, man. Like I fucking love dogs, and I, and and I can obviously tell you do too, mate. But when you're t- sending your dog into harm's way, and you're like, he's gonna, he could possibly take a bullet for me. Like that would be you've just you know you've invested so much time and emotion into this dog. Hundred percent, man. And that's what I was saying before about you have to treat it as a working dog. I mean, as much as it would suck if your dog did uh, get shot and killed. I mean, I'd definitely cry. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it's just the way it is, man. Uh, their, one of their main purposes is to put their lives on the line before us to save the lives of us, really. Um, it's sad, but at the end of the day, they're a working dog, uh, and that's, that's just the way it is. They don't get a choice in the matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, that just it's sad, but it is what it is. So treat him as a working dog and it'll be a little, little bit easier for you. I remember going to the kennels for the first time, uh, doing a little bit of work experience and I was treating him like a little bit like, uh, you know, home dogs and, you know, always talking to him and cuddling him and all that sort of shit, giving him pats. Uh, but you certainly realise you work out that they are working dogs and you have to treat them like that. Otherwise, they're just going to want to get pats and then roll on their back and pick up a bloody stick and all that sort of shit. We don't want that. You know, we don't want any of that sort of stuff. No picking up sticks, no chasing bloody animals and all that sort of stuff. Like they don't get given balls or kongs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they don't just get left in their, co- uh, their kennels. We have them on hand to play with them. Right? So we're continually bonding uh, with our dog um, and we can take them out and, uh, you know, give them a, um, a brush and all that sort of stuff, give them a play and, and that. So they have to work for their bloody their balls and their kongs and all that sort of shit. They don't just get given it like home dogs do, you know, so... Did you have the opportunity to, I mean, uh, not not trying to be insensitive, well, I don't know, whatever. Did you have the opportunity when you went out, take him overseas, take a dog overseas and actually get it to do a live bite? No. So, um, unfortunately, Tukumata hasn't had uh, pretty much barely any of that sort of stuff. Pretty much as a, I mean, our capability was around for a while, um, but then the, the war obviously went away and then all the, um, you know, the rotation stopped. Um, so pretty much when I was on Rio, um, the the trips overseas pretty much stopped the rotations. So I missed out on uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I never got to take uh, one of the dogs overseas. Um, all I got to do is, you know, I was a handler at TAG uh, a couple of times, um, become one of the instructors there and help develop all the, all the dogs coming up. Um, so unfortunately, didn't get to take one of the dogs overseas. Again, that was another massive goal of mine, but, you know, you can't help. Uh, the shit overseas, you know, as much as we'd love to to, to go back. You can't, you can't <laughs> say it publicly, mate. You're not allowed to pray for war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm glad that I didn't go over. Um, but then I really wish I did as well, you know what I mean, with the dog. would have been a great experience, uh, you know, for all the handlers. But unfortunately, it's not happening at, at, at the present time. Hopefully it doesn't happen anytime soon either, but, um, yeah. 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 Because um, – oh, Sorry, mate, go. Oh, I was just – I'm taking a step back. If, if, 
I'm, I'm questions are popping into my head that are like bouncing around because I've got so many dog questions. Go for it, man. Go for I it. I have no structure to the way I'm going to ask questions. So if you want to keep this structured, Max, you better tell me to shut no, up, mate. There's no structure. <laughs> but I'm just looking at looking at the way that like, what you're talking about. Like, there's a lot of people, and I know there's no lefties listening to this podcast. They gave up on us in episode two, but there's a lot of people out there that look at dogs being trained like this, yep. even farm dogs, anyone you're calling a work, any animal you're calling a working dog and going, oh, that's cruel, that's not humane, yep. making it sleep in a cage on the concrete. But then at the same time, a dude's going to give up his sleeping bag in the middle of the night when he's freezing cold to give it to his dog. So there's obviously a lot of love there. 100%, man, 100%. And, and that's, I think that's the bit that's being missed. Like from the outside looking in, people who don't understand the military, don't understand what, what soldiers do and what, what attack dogs do, yep. they look at it like, oh, you're just – treating this thing like a working dog, giving it a shit life totally. so, so it can go and die for you. And it's like, that's not that's not the case. Like you do as your job, you, you're training this thing, this animal, because it is lower down the food chain yep. than humans so that it could potentially save the life of soldiers. That's yep. a plus. Yeah. Um, you're sending it into harm's way before you send yourself in, which would be a hard call if you're doing it to you because you're treating it like your mate, like your fucking brother. 100%. And you would never want to, if, if the, the chance arose, like, you and me were standing at a door, who goes in first, yep. you're going to send yourself in first rather than sending the dude next to you, or yep. ideally anyway. Of course. So that's, that's I think that's the bit that's missing in a lot of these people's fucking, well, lefties generally are missing a lot of the facts. But um, totally. for, for this especially, it's like you've got, you've got this animal that you're training as a working dog. It looks like it's got a hard life, but really it's fucking well loved by everyone around it. So I know our dogs especially – they get the best of the best of everything. Um, those dogs have an amazing life. Yeah, they do spend a bit of time in, in the kennels. Yeah, I'll give them that. Uh, but we use that time for them to rest um, and, you know, get stronger. Um, where they have the best vet treatment, you know, the, the government spends a lot of money uh, on these animals and we always go to the best vets and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, they get looked after by the boys. There's just constant love all the time. You know, the boys are so excited. They get there in the mornings. They always get their dog out, all right? There's not one person that just walks past their dog, all right? They just constantly straight. First thing you do is you go straight to that kennel, get him out, here you go, mate, give him a play, throw the ball, all that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? And he's with you all day long because you want him to be, all right? And uh, he sort of has to be, but um, you want to be around your dog uh, all the time. Um, they get to do some cool stuff that obviously a lot of dogs don't get to do. They're always out on car rides with us all day long. They're in the ute uh, or the, the vehicles with us. Um, they're you know going overseas. They're going on trips. Um, they're doing all this cool training. They're getting fit. They're staying healthy, eating the best food. Like the food's so expensive. You know, getting mutton flips every couple of days and, and all that sort of stuff. So they get well looked after. The boys love them to bits. Um, the whole overseas and, um, you know, looking after their life sort of thing, especially the SF world, you've got to be uh, very cautious to the environments you're going to send your dog into anyway. You know, so the boys are smart boys, okay? They're not just going to, oh, there's people firing at us. Let's just send our dog. Mm. You know, you've got to be smart when you send your, when you have to send your dog. And we do a lot of training on the, the dog course, the dog handler course with that. And we set the boys up to fail sometimes um, to see what they do in those situations because we don't want our dogs just getting sent in to fucking get blown up or, or, or get shot. Um, so, like I said, we set the boys up in those situations. You know, there's gunfire coming. Send your dog, send your dog. No, 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 we can't send a dog yet. There's gunfire. Cool, that's what I wanted to hear. Awesome, good work. Sweet, stuff like that. 
Um, so, you know, the boys are very smart that way. Uh, and sending the dog, if, if you feel like his life's in danger, then you just keep him on your hip. You don't have to let him go just because there's a firefly going on, you know what I mean? Um, you know, sometimes the best time to use your dog is obviously at night time. They're very hard to hear sometimes, Fuck man. That, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, we do a lot of training at night. SF, you got it. You know? Yeah, it's all good doing it in the daytime. But they're going to see a bloody dog coming from miles away. Um, so nighttime is very, very hard. Um, and we, we set the boys up in certain situations. Uh, and sometimes we have to put glow sticks on them because sometimes they're just on you. Like they're so quick and they're biting you already. So we need to have the glow sticks, glow sticks set up so we can see them coming, so we can prepare for that bite. Because one of my good mates who uh, used to be a clearance diver and then he was a commando and then a dog handler as well, he was doing some training uh, overseas with, uh, with one of the dogs. Um, from uh, scenario was light to dark. So uh, the dog came in from outside into a very dark room, right? Uh, his eyes obviously didn't adapt. Um, and he ran into uh, his his leg, and then my mate bent down. Oh, I'm up here! And then the, the dog jumped up and bit him in the face. Wow. Like, just missed his eye. Um, probably about there. All right, just went bang and, and just came off. So he's very lucky they didn't, didn't lose an eye or any of that sort of stuff. And this dog was, you know, he's one of the best dogs I've had. One of the best biters. Um, we've ever had and yeah awesome dog so he could definitely done a lot more damage um you know in that, in that situation so but I yeah know, i don't know what it is man uh i mean obviously we've evolved with and like that's where wolves you know i don't know mate you've probably done more research but but the the narrative i got taught was that you know wolves used to hang around with humans and then you throw scraps and you sort of evolved symbiotically with these animals and and then we sort of fucked up some of them into chihuahuas and and uh and all the rest Cavoodles. but yeah. there's a psychological thing man because there are there are some hard people that i've met that are scared of of zero situations and and going and putting themselves in harm's way but then when you put a dog in the mix they are like fuck that dude 100 man totally and that's you know you think you'd think um there'd be people lining up to be dog handlers or i always thought there was I was like, fuck, I'm never going to get in just being a bloody lead, joining from straight in the company and, you know, asking if I could be a handler because I thought there would just be a line-up through the door. A lot of people don't want to do it um, because well, they're either scared of dogs uh, or they don't want to put in the, the extra time and effort because, you know, handlers always getting there early, always staying back late and looking after their dogs. But, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of, uh, a lot of tough guys out there. Uh, you know, there's tough guys that have been overseas and done some serious shit that are like, Get the fucking dog away from me! <laughs> don't, don't from an, me, you know. From from an op, from the opposition, like psychologically, that's got to be a force multiplier. Like most of the boys, you have this on bulletproof mentality in your head. I can yep. go into a gunfight. I'll probably be all right. And then the the other team comes up with dogs, and you're like, nah. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'll sit this one out. I think hundred percent. Like, and the, you know, with some of our training, we have an off lead capability, which means uh, we let our dog off hip. Uh, we can control our dog uh, around the environment. So he's searching himself. So he's searching in the rooms because we've taught them to do that. Um, they'll come out of a room. They'll go into a compound. They'll do that all themselves while we're all fighting through uh, and then clearing the rooms or the compounds and all that sort of stuff. Uh, when the, Sometimes when the dog's coming back and the boys are coming through, they're just like, oh, fuck, please don't bite me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we're, you know, the, the dogs are really good with their IFF You know, because we teach them that. Uh, we're always training in cams and, uh, they, we teach them not to bite the guys 
in that uniform and, and that, uh, you know, the body armor and all the weapons and all that sort of stuff. They know that. Uh, but, you know, there's the, the bad guys overseas, they're sort of onto that sort of shit because they're wearing Mulder cam as well. So how do you teach a dog to not bite us but to bite them? You know what I mean? So it can be a little bit hard. Um, most dogs pick it up uh, pretty quickly. But generally what we do is with that sort of stuff, we'll, before we get, uh, before we go do a job or whatever, we'll get the dog, walk him around our team or just walk him around all the boys so he's smelling. We've all got that um, sort of the same sort of smell, you know what I mean? Where if you took your dog overseas and put him near, a, uh, let's say, a Middle Eastern person, obviously they're going to have a completely different smell to us as well. So he's, they're generally going to know the difference there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So we do that every single time we do training, um, and we have a bit of a call. Uh, we have like a, an IFF call uh, that we teach the dogs that we're friendly. Uh, we won't give it away, but we we do that every time. Every time we do training, even if we're doing some training in the backyards, okay. The boys are in cans. We bring the dog up, give them that call. The dog knows. Yep, they're friendly. Sweet, no worries. Um, even if um, you know there's a a doorway or whatever, um, the dog's coming through. The boys know to use that that commands. All right, yep, friendlies, friendlies here, and the dogs, yep, cool, and just keeps punching past them. So they're pretty pretty switched uh, switched dogs, but it's taken a lot of bloody training uh, to to get these dogs, you know. And you see these the Malinois and all these sort of dogs on uh, on the movies. Uh, was that one with um, Keanu Reeves uh, not long ago? Oh, the one yeah. where his dog gets killed. Yeah, um, yeah, that's John, what, uh, John, John Wick. Wick. John Wick. John Wick. The, the guys on the movie, they actually had to put a statement out and say, these dogs have taken three years in the making to get to this level. Don't go out and buy these motherfucking dogs. <laughs> Just because they're a Malamar doesn't mean they're going to do everything you tell them to do. You know, like when Red Dog came out, everyone went and got Red Dogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they're just bloody in the, the pounds everywhere after that. Tim, um, but, Tim Kennedy yeah. made a post about people buying males and was like stop fucking buying males like you don't have the high tempo like you can't keep up with them so stop it they're, they can be hard dogs man and that's what i was saying before i'm a little bit scared getting one yeah i used to train the the, the dogs but uh having it as a home dog but it is going to be a bit of a working dog for me it's going to come to all my training sessions it's pretty much going to be the face of my business it's not going to be doing bite work or any of that sort of stuff uh probably a little bit of odor detection just for fun i might start teaching people to um, teach their dogs to find their car keys or their phone or something like that. Oh, just, mate, I need just that. Just for a bit of Sweet, I'll start doing that. <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start bringing that in. So I'll probably just do, you know, something like that. Um, but, yeah, like I've, I've been talking to a few breeders up here while I was in the process of looking for a dog. Uh, and there was one breeder in particular where she's had the, like three dogs return, three Malamars return because the, the people just can't control them. Or they've got them in an environment with their kids and they just don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Or they're seeing the wrong trainer and the trainer can't help them and all that sort of stuff. So be wary of buying those. Yeah, they look cool as fuck and they're in all the cool movies. But do you really want one? Do you really want your house destroyed? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Because they're intelligent, to... hey? Like they need to get mentally worked as well, do, do they? Or... 100%, man. 100%. That's why I've, I've uh, the, the dog that I'm getting in a couple of weeks of. The reason I've gone with this lady is her Malamars are a little bit more chilled. Okay, so I don't want that hectic um, SF dog or, you know, copper dog or anything like that. I just want a dog that's sort of like a sports dog that's going to have a bit of fun with me, throw the ball, uh, good with their obedience and that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't need that high 
that high drive uh, the Mel. I definitely don't want that. <laughs> yeah, not with. I've already got a 14 year old dog, three cats, and now a five month old uh, kid. Yeah, I don't need a high drive bloody Mel <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> how, how do you do it with cats, man? Because some cats are fucking retarded. Like they're like, no. oh, bro. Uh, I think you just swing them around really fast <laughs> and let them go, and then they're trained, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I love cats. I, I'm not one of those guys. I hate cats. I love, I love dogs and all that sort of shit. Like, I love all animals. Um, so my missus I've been with for a while now. My partner, she likes me to call it. Uh, <laughs> girlfriend's not official enough. <laughs> uh, so my partner, um, she's a cat person. Okay, she's uh, had a cat uh, when I first uh, met her, uh, and then we've got three more. Uh, I actually trained her how to train her cats. Okay, so she's got, you know what the bangles are? You know, like the ones that look like uh, they've got spots and stuff like that? Um, just you can there. train cats. Yeah, man, 100%, totally. So <laughs> what I've been doing, I wish I could send you the footage. I've got it on my phone. Um, I've trained her. It can sit, it can high-five, uh, it can up high, it can lay down. It recalls from, uh, like, anywhere out, wherever it is, because uh, we've trained it to, for the dog whistle to come back. All right, um, and we we take we take we take them on bush walks as well, <laughs> mate. You're going to be a multi millionaire, mate. If that gets out, mate, have you got a YouTube channel? Uh, not yet, but we will. I'll put some of that oh, stuff. I'll put some of that stuff up. Get the cats on there. The world will yeah. fucking fall apart. <laughs> well, I was thinking because I'll talk about it soon, but we were thinking about opening a training facility. Um, having my missus was thinking about maybe doing some cat classes, <laughs> you know, training cats on the side. So instead of master of puppies, master of you know, hundred <laughs> percent. Because that yeah. mate, you can. Yeah. All right, this is slightly uh, off topic, yeah. but the where I grew up, Dead End Street, um, with a little bit through the bush down the cliff to the beach. Yep. Twenty years I was living there. Always take your dogs down. Always a dog friendly beach. Good to go. About three, four years ago, National Park comes along and they're like, hey, it's a dead-end street. There's 10 houses in the street. Let's just fuck it up for you, Tan, and we're going to make it so you can't take your dogs down there anymore. Yep. If you had a trained cat, you could. there's no National Park that has no cat signs. I know. Unless it's a hidden thing. You could train your cat and say fuck you to the signs. Some range and take your cat for a some, national park. <laughs> I, I think the question is, can you, train a, can you train a cat to bite? Hmm, I'm, I'm sure you could. Like seriously, well, obviously not as not as good as the the bellies or the, the the dogs, but you could definitely teach it to to put its mouth on you, hundred percent. It would just take a bit of time. Cats generally take a little bit longer to to train. It took us a little a little while, um, but because the dogs they're they're wanting to please you, they're wanting to do these things. What else going to do? Offering you all these behaviors where the cat doesn't really give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? But our two cats that we train, they're the, the Bengals, so they've got a bit of drive. They're sort of like a dog, so we can train them. Um, you can't do that to every single cat. Just like dogs, you can't get every single dog to be a working dog. You know, is there is there dog breeds where you just like fuck me, not not a staffy or not a fucking? <laughs> you're like, uh, uh, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Like, my clients would hate me if I if I mentioned one of them. Oh, all right. So what about what about cavoodles, mate? Because this thing, everyone that I've spoken to that had like anything crossed with a, a, a King Charles, I think it's King Charles, is it? Cavoodle? Yep. The Cavalier. Cavalier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cavalier. It, mate, it was an anxious mess. Yep. 
Um, took it to training, it was an anxious mess. Sure. Took it to training again, it was still an anxious mess. Sure. So I'm assuming that was a pretty shit trainer because all they told me to do was to feed it when he wasn't anxious. I'm like, mate, this thing's anxious 24-7. I'm, I'll just won't feed him and see how he goes. And then he got anxious because he was starving. They <laughs> <laughs> fucked him over. Every time, every time I took him, the minute he goes outside for a walk, mate, he is a nutcase. Yeah, sure. Well, Are they, the you know, like I was saying before, there's so many shit trainers out there. The In Australia, you don't have to be qualified to be a trainer. So you guys... Tomorrow, if you wanted to, you could open up your own dog training business and go, yeah, I'm a trainer. Uh, I learned some stuff yesterday on the podcast. I'm a trainer now. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, circle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then you get these trainers that are like, they're learning shit off YouTube. You know what I mean? Or they'll do an online video, online course or something like that. Oh, I'm a dog trainer now. Uh, that's not really how it works. A lot of those guys get uh, and girls get found out very quickly. Well, there's a lot of organizations um, you know, like the dog clubs, for example, there's a lot of old people still running those things and they're not getting with the times. And they're like, nah, this is how we do it. And this is how we're going to do it, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's not how it works, mate. You know what I mean? Like you need to get with the times. And there's so many better ways to do things these days. Uh, that thing that you're talking about, the anxieties and that, it's generally a pretty easy uh, thing to get on top of. And, again, it all comes back to basic obedience. Everything comes back to basic obedience. If you don't have that, then you can't do any of that other stuff, you know. So with being anxious um, and, you know, fretting, oh, where's my owner and stuff like that, what we do with that sort of stuff is uh, we're teaching our basics as well as shaping their behaviour the way we want them to behave. So we're teaching them that we take charge of every situation and they can just be a dog, all right? Don't, don't stress about that dog over there or that person walking past or, or anything like that. Just be a dog. I've got this. And that's what we need to teach them. We get a lot of people where their dogs are aggressive on lead, all right? So I generally think that's because their dog's trying to protect their owners or their little pack or, or whatever, um, where we need to teach your dog, no, shut up. I'm the leader here. I take charge of the situation, all right? And it's very easy to do that. Again, it comes back to that obedience. So putting our dogs in, uh, you know, teaching them certain positions, teaching them must stay in these positions, even if I walk away 100 metres or 200 metres or you can't see me or whatever, you have to stay in that position. Right, we teach them the game is we'll eventually come back and release you from that position. Right? It's okay. And they start to realise, oh, actually, I'm okay by myself. I don't have to fret if I can't see my owners and, and, and stuff like that. Um, the whole separation anxiety thing, we get on top of that all the time and it's generally pretty easy with a bit of training. As long as the owners are putting in uh, their side of the work, it gets done pretty quickly, you know. I'm there to train the owners, not to train their dog. Mm. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? You, yeah, yeah 100%. Because I could take your dog away, and this is the thing when if you do send a dog away somewhere, it could cost you a fortune as well. But, uh, yeah, you could send me a dog, give it to me for, you know, a few weeks, six weeks or whatever. I'm going to charge you a fortune. But I'm going to have to come back for a few days to train you what I've taught the dog. Okay, I don't just train the dog up to a standard and go, hell yeah, he does everything, right? Here's your dog, see ya. Fuck, what does he do? You know, what do, you know he's, Will, he's back to doing this again. So we are training the owners how to train their dog. We're making um, them, you know, sort of trainers in a way, um, but we're making them good handlers as well. We're teaching them what to do in every uh, real-life situation and we're making them more confident. There's a lot of people, and I see it all the time, 
Uh, the oh my god, there's another dog coming, and they hold the lead really tight. They're getting anxious, and their their dog picks it up. I can pick it up. The dog can pick it up. You know what I mean? Um, so we just need to teach them that we take charge of this situation. Um, they don't have to. No, because my dog is a my. I got an old mongrel, twelve year old uh, Catahoula Cur, and yep. he's a legend, mate. He's the most yep. chill dog, and and now it's just been creeping in. When I put him on a lead, yep. Every now and then on lead, he turns into a a fucking dick, mate. Yeah, yeah. around other dogs, and he's just like, "No, fuck you." I'm like, "Whoa, bro, what are you doing, mate?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. So what what we generally do in that that situation is, again, we have to start their training from scratch. Okay, um, and teach them our training method. So again, that comes into that obedience, the tonal conditioning. So warning our dog not to do what you ever think you're about to do. Then if they do, then we correct them for that behavior. Right? But we warn them, teaching them, if we warn you and they don't do that unacceptable behavior, then they get that positive praise. Right? So in that situation, uh, what I would do if he's a bit funny with certain dogs as you're walking past, is you will warn them in that in a firm voice, and then if they just keep um, continue on, then we know circle them like so, giving them that warning, and slowly release that collar. And then if they keep being a dick, no, and continue on like that, they get it pretty quickly, man. Um, especially that tone conditioning works its ass off. Um, you know, dogs understand tones of voice. Do you know what I mean? They don't understand what. Uh, they don't understand English, which a lot of people think that the dog bloody does. I see it all the time. Uh, Oi, stop. Don't go any further. Dog doesn't know. <laughs> dog doesn't know what that means. Oi, get back here, you little fuck. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, de- dog's uh, deployed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You start getting angry at your dog and your dog's like, fuck you, buddy. I'm out here. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but, uh, I mean, dogs like that, they know there's no consequence uh, with for their actions. So with our training, there's always a consequence for their actions. If I tell you to sit and you lay down, there's a consequence for that, right? If you jump on someone walking past or lunge at another dog, consequence for that, okay? But then there's also the positive side of it. When you do the right thing, you don't jump on that person, all right? Or you're just nice and calm and you just stay in that sit position until I release you from that position. A lot of people don't realize they don't have uh, release commands with their, their training and you possibly might be one of them. So if you tell your dog to sit, do you have a release command to make them move? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we uh, we have a release command. So if I tell you to sit, right, my dog will sit, okay? If I get in my car, go to the coffee shop, get a coffee, come back, my dog should technically still be in that sit position because I haven't told my dog to release from that position yet, okay? Where most people, they'll go, sit, thousand times, sit, 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 dog sits. Who knows which city he sat for? And then he's like, ah, fuck this, I'm over it, and walks off and people are like, oh, you know what I mean? They, that's most people, I see it all the time. Uh, so with ours, it's sit, you must sit. Sit means bloody sit, it's not sit, stay. All right, sit means sit, and don't move from that position, all right, uh, until you get released from that position. And so everything comes back to that, that obedience, you know, to having that well-mannered dog, you need to just start their obedience from scratch, and that's what we do with, uh, Every day, I love it. It's awesome. So good. Like, oh, last night uh, I had a had a lady where fuck, this dog was trying to take my bloody head off. Um, just uh, it was a German Shepherd, big big sort of dog. Walked in and she had she was struggling to hold it uh, back. And I'm like, I'll just meet you out the front. <laughs> just put him back inside and met out the front. And she put some uh, training equipment on him, brought him out, and then 
Um, yeah, a couple of little circles later, he was good as gold. I'm sitting there patting him and doing all the training and demonstrating on her own dog how to do things. Do you know what I mean? One or two little circles, that dog was awesome. You know, imagine if I didn't correct it, it would just start being a dick forever still. You know what I mean? Probably would never learn. And then, you know, she probably wouldn't want to you know, starve it to do the training, you know what I mean, to, to get her dog to, to that standard. Um, and then the vicious cycle keeps going and going. You know, the dog's just going to be a dick. It's going to bite someone. It's going to get put down and she's going to get fined an awful lot of money. You know what I mean? So we don't want that. So a few corrections could have just solved that problem, you know, like we did last time. So that routine that we're building, because, I mean, this is obviously uh, like we, 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 we're pushing a proactive mental health approach and building sure. routine and building, building, having a dog. Have you seen benefit from? Oh, bro, the, the benefits of having a dog, even for myself, man, um, just my dog, I've had my dog for 14 years now. She's awesome. Uh, don't know what I would have done without her and, you know, some of the hard times, you know, discharging while serving, you know, um, some of the boys, you know, over the years passing and uh, just going through some rough times, you know what I mean? It's just having that dog there always helps with that mental health, man. Uh, and I can't, can, can't recommend it enough. If you're not set up for a dog, obviously there's no point getting one. So don't just go buy a, uh, buy a dog because you think it's good for your mental health. Obviously you need to look after it. And they last a long time, like 14 plus years, some dogs, you know, like, you know, 18 even. So you've got to think about that side of it. You know, you just don't want a dog now because you're having a hard time. Uh, but yeah, 100% at the moment, um, I'm training up a whole heap of ESA dogs, so emotional support animals. Uh, for a lot of uh, ex-veterans, uh, ex-coppers, uh, and uh, just some other people that have had some dramas uh, over time. And, mate, just, just seeing them and how they are, especially from their first sessions with me, going through and telling me their stories as well because once they find out I've served they open up a little bit more to me uh, and then they've got their dog there and they open up a little bit more. So it's, you know, that, that dog's like helping them even open up a little bit more. What is it? You know like, I mean? is it, is it that you have someone to take care of? Is it that you have a friend? Is it that you have a purpose to get up? Like what, what do you think it is that, that probably everything you just said that hundred percent, the, the purpose of, um, you know, you have to get up in the morning, take my dog out of the toilet. All right, we're going for a walk now. Right, it gets you out. It gets you out meeting people uh, as well. Gets you out in the environments. Gets you in the sun. Gets you going to have a coffee, meeting up with other people, the dog park, uh, socialization with you know other people and other dogs and that sort of stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of that um, later with our facility. I was talking about. Um, if you're having that hard time at home, and you know if you can't get out of the house and it's raining and you're in fucking lockdown, all that fucking COVID bullshit. Obviously, the, the dogs have gone from all the bloody kennels. I was looking for a dog a while ago when, when COVID was on. There was none, you know, but now I'm starting to see, unfortunately, uh, a lot of them are coming back to the bloody kennels, which uh, which sucks. Um, but, um, you know, they're helping people through some of these tough times, and that's that's what they do, man. They're just awesome. They're, you're having a hard time, they'll just come up with their face on your, la on your lap and you give them a, a pad or you give them a cuddle and, and all that sort of stuff. It's... Release of stress, man. I remember when I was on Rio, I'd always come home, get my dogs. No matter what time it was at night, I'd just take them for a walk and it was just a, a stress relief for me. You know what I mean? Just takes my mind off everything, giving us some parts and chilling out and all that. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, I love it. I love it, you know. But I get to work with dogs every single day. 
So it helps me all the time. Working with little puppies, you know, to the big, big bad dogs and stuff like that. I still love it. I actually like working with those ones the most. The ones that want to bite me and bite other dogs and all that stuff. I love that because uh, I see the the awesome benefits um, and the behaviour changes we get out of that. Uh, as well as I'm helping those people uh, as well. They're like, oh my god, you have changed our life. I've had people that haven't been able to walk their dog for two years uh, because their dog wants to fucking maul every other single dog that walks past. You know what I mean? That's not a that's not a stress free walk, is it? Um, so I remember one session was in Sydney. Uh, a bulldog just wanted to fucking bite every single dog. Tried to bite me a few times. Um, started the training. Couple of little circles later. A couple of bits of tonal conditioning. Sweet, no dramas. They took it for a walk that afternoon with their twelve-year-old daughter, and she got to walk the dog and had no dramas. It's bullshit. That's just one. I've had so many others, man. And the guys out of Melbourne have had thousands more than me, way more than me. Like the amount of people they get in their training days, like in the, the Wednesdays and Sundays, they have like over a hundred people at their. Because um, it can add stress too, isn't it? When you've got an ill-disciplined dog, it can be oh. that. Hundred percent. That's why, mate. My last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted that for for an anxiety reducing animal, mate. That thing really drove me over the edge. I hated taking it for a walk. Hundred percent, man. I get so many people like you. They just want to be able to walk their dog, right? But that was down it. to my my discipline, right? Like I did not find a way to train that dog properly. Or possibly you've gone through a trainer the shit that we've been talking yeah, about, and they haven't, they haven't helped. You know that happens. Like I said, a lot, man. You don't know any better. You know, you've gone to someone that, you know, specializes uh, in training dogs and you don't know any better. Oh, yeah, cool. That's how we do it. I get this yeah. shit all the time, mate, you know? No, I was convinced, um, mate. Like, I, I do try to practice taking ownership for everything that I possibly can. But I got, to the, I got to the point where I'm like, I think I just got a broken dog, eh? <laughs> 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 there was nothing I could work that I could figure out to, to get it to stop yeah, being yeah, so... Yeah. Anxious, walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, there always is. You can't fix every dog. I'm not saying I can definitely fix every dog. I'm not saying I'm the best trainer in the world. Uh, but there are some dogs um, that I would never trust off lead again. Um, and, you know, some of the owners know this. Uh, but we can get them to a level where we can walk down the street and pass dogs. That's fine. But if I let it off lead, it's probably going to fucking go maul that dog or that kid or whatever. Um, with the anxiety sort of stuff, that can be a little bit harder. I always find the aggressive side of things is easier than the um you know the anxieties because sometimes it's just built in them the, the nerves is just you know they're just pussies at the end of the day and that's just the way they're built and they're made up unfortunately for them um just like some people are like that you know what i mean maybe he just took after its owner <laughs> yeah i'd say i'd say it was that's, feeding off its owner yeah, that happens a lot 100 <laughs> percent no, but you're right, man. Like it's yeah, some, yeah, yeah. people these days, we've, we've evolved, to, and, and dogs have definitely evolved to the point where some of these small, tiny dogs, they're just super anxious because somewhere in their DNA, they remember that they used to be a wolf, and now they are a cavoodle. And I'd be pretty fucking anxious. Oh. Too. I used to be a gorilla, and then I woke up one day, and I'm... I don't know. What's the human version of a convertible? <laughs> we all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> a lefty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. some of those little dogs think they're bloody wolves, don't they? Um, yeah. You know, having to go with the big dogs and, you know, it doesn't always end well, unfortunately. But you can still teach that. But a lot of people, especially with those little dogs, um, you know, treat them as little dogs. You know, I mean, oh, no, I'm not going to correct it. I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm going to pick it up all the time and all this sort of stuff. 
right, which is definitely not the best way to do things. You know, yeah, pick your dog up in certain situations if you have to, but um, you don't want to have your dog rely on you all the time for everything, you know. You need to teach them to be confident by themselves, right, putting them in these positions and, and all that sort of stuff uh, that we do with our training, so. Mate, you have fucking nailed this. You have, you are never going to work. And they say, find a job that you're passionate about and you'll never work another day in your life. And you have the energy yeah, and the passion, the love you've got for, mate, that you're yeah, a success. Bro. So, so let me tell you what we're going to, what, what our plan is. So, uh, I've moved up here because, um, what we wanted to do in Sydney, it's too fucking expensive. Uh, we want to open up a large training facility with daycare, large scale training, grooming. Uh, we want to put a pool in and all this sort of stuff. Um, it's just too expensive to do it down there. So we, where else can we go? Where we're near the beach, got a good lifestyle. Um, there's a lot of shit trainers. Fucking the Goldie. <laughs> you will. So um, I've got a business partner coming up uh, whenever he comes up from Sydney. Okay. Uh, the whole COVID thing. I'm still waiting for all that sort of stuff. Uh, and sorry he couldn't come on today, but he's got some other stuff going on. Um, you will find out soon, uh, who he is. If you don't already know, I'm not going to uh, mention him, but Hey mate, if you're listening, he said he's going to listen and uh, judge me on how I talked. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're, we're going in partnership. So he's ex handler as well, uh, at Tukumano, um, and we're joining forces. So with our, uh, forces joining, we're going to fucking dominate this place. I, I really, I just cannot see, uh, master of puppies not succeeding especially with our drive that we have the results we're getting the feedback we get uh, and all the cool stuff that we want to do in the future uh, i just can't see us um not doing good so when it gets up here once all this COVID bullshit's ended then we're going to start to look for a place uh, a large place we want to do the daycares um and have you know dogs come to us we can train them throughout the day if we if uh, if we need to um we need to have good dogs go to these these sort of uh, the daycare. So we don't want dogs biting other dogs, right? So we're going to be training our uh, trainers and people who work there. They're going to be doing all the same trainers that we do. So they'll go through their little selection, okay, where they have to you know do our course, um, get tested at the end. Sweet, now you can come work for us. We only want the best, all right? We work with the best. We want to only work with the best. If you shit, we don't have time for you, you know. Um, so we want that. We want all our dogs to be good. Um, so people go, yeah, you can take your dogs. Uh, to the daycare because they, you know, they look after them, they do some training and there's going to be no problems. Where a lot of trainers, they'll tell people, don't ever take your dogs to a daycare um, because, you know, like uh, dogs get bitten all the time and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, they do, especially at the shit places where they don't have any control or they do all the positive only sort of training. Um, like Alpha Canine Group in Melbourne, they get like 70 plus dogs a day down there and their trainers are onto it. Right? Any of their dogs misbehave, burn, they get in circles and, and all this sort of stuff. But all the dogs that go there, they know the procedure. They're all well well behaved. You know, one dog might get a little bit energetic and start uh, mucking up a bit. They warn it, warn it. Dog understands. I have cool, but stop doing that. No worries. All right. Imagine looking after 70 dogs, mate. You know, like, it would be full on. But uh, most of them go through the training anyway. So they're all decent dogs anyway, and we get them to that standard. Like, they've got uh, aggressive dogs, and I've trained aggressive dogs as well that are now in daycare that used to fucking attack dogs. All right. That is what it is. Um, so, yep, training, like I said, they do like over 100 people uh, or dogs, whatever it is, uh, on their sessions. I've been down there many times. And just, whoa, there's lineups down the road. There's dogs and people everywhere, trainers everywhere. 
getting all these results. All the dogs are working around other dogs and other people. Um, all these anxieties are going because right? they, they're training to, with this awesome method, you know what I mean? You know, like you'll have like, you know, 10, 15 dogs in one little session, you know, and uh, each person's going in and releasing their dog uh, at different times to other people and all the other dogs are just staying in position while they release their dog and all this sort of stuff, you know. It's all about putting them under distractions and learning under distractions. It's amazing. And they've got like, they've got a video on YouTube. It's fucking cool, man. They had like 96 dogs on a little hill all in the drop position, okay, for one hour, right, with multiple distractions, people coming in, patting each other's dogs, um, little remote control cars cruising around, people, uh, uh, a person on a motorbike cruising around, drones and all this sort of stuff. Uh, one dog broke that position in that hour and that was that dog's first time doing that, that drop position uh, in an area like that. So that's what a lead. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's so amazing to watch that. You know, you've got aggressive uh, or used to be aggressive dogs laying next to you know just chilled little twelves and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And not not doing anything, not reacting, just behaving itself, just going to sleep, and just you know because of the training method down there. So I'm, I'm so thankful that I. Um, I got to go down and do the course with them because my business wouldn't be where it's at. You know, I might be this this, uh, this awesome handle from Two Command or whatever, but if I didn't go do that course down there, there's no way my business would be where it's at right now without that training method. It is what it is. Uh, so that's the training. Grooming obviously speaks for itself. Uh, we want to start, we're going to get a pool in there so we can teach dogs to swim and just have a bit of fun, especially in the Goldie. Gets hot up here, you know, so we want dogs to be having swims and having a bit of fun, and that's a big seller as well, you know. I would want my dog to go to a place where she can swim and, and, and carry on. Um, so we want to do that in a big aircon environment. Right? So they're out of the sun. Uh, but if we can get a little bit of an outdoor area, we'll do that as well. Uh, but we're going to do all that sort of stuff. We'll have different nights for the real aggressive dogs so they're not in with all the other dogs until we get them to a standard. We'll do other nights where we'll do like ESA nights for like the, um, the emotional support animals for the veterans and uh, all those sort of things. So I'm sort of in talks with... A uh, few organisations now um, about that. So because they don't have anyone to go to um, with these dogs and training their dogs to a standard for these people, uh, I've seen some pretty useless ESA dogs. You know, like doesn't even know its bloody <coughs> bloody name or doesn't know how to come back. How the hell does it get qualified to be an ESA dog? It's putting more stress on that person. Is there stringent? Is there is there pretty or is it pretty loose to be an ESA dog? Just like now, nah, go for uh, it. Or- mate, honestly, it depends who you go through. Um, I'm only just starting to get into that world, so I don't really know much about it. I know some of the organisations are pretty strict, and I think they should be. Um, if they're if they're not coming back, or if they're breaking positions, if they're barking at other people and dogs like that, that's not good enough. You know, what I mean, I've been telling these people you need to treat it as a bit of a work dog. Okay, you can't just let everyone come up and uh, pat your dog. You know, otherwise your dog's just going to be going over and trying to get pats off people where it should be there working with you. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that again, it's hard to think that way. But once you spend a bit of your time with your dog, if your dog starts doing that, you're like, "Fuck! I wish I listened to Will. I wish I treated him more like a bloody work dog." So then you just have to go back and work on that training even more. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, there's some organisations out there um, that I've been hearing about that are pretty relaxed uh, with their uh, qualifications <laughs> and passing uh, passing these dogs. Where I'm not qualified to uh, qualify a dog yet. I've got to go do some bloody long-ass course, uh, which I possibly might do, but we'll see what happens. But 
uh, I'm starting to find people that do qualify them. So I'm going to get these dogs trained to a standard in my classes. I'm going to make sure they can pass all their tests. Sweet, guys. Now I think you're ready or you're, uh, you're ready. You can go do that course. I'll ring the, the guy up and you can go do the test. Okay, uh, because the reason I wanted to do that sort of stuff and get into that, uh, you know, not only to look after the boys and girls in, in the ADF and uh, uh, the emergency services, but I learned from um, one of the boys who's passed uh, at Tukumano. I won't mention any names or anything like that. But he got given a dog, okay? This fucking dog um, didn't know its name, didn't know that shit, didn't bloody know anything. Um, jumping on bloody tables and, and all that sort of shit. This guy got some dramas, you know what I mean? Like, um, that's a lot more stress, especially a big dog like he had, um, more stress in his life that he doesn't need. Do you know what I mean? So. When, unfortunately, he passed, I did a little bit of training to with his dog and then passed it on to um, his brother. Um, now, he's, he's got the same, same sort of uh, issues that that person had, and now he's living the life in luxury, all right, um, down with that person and having an awesome time, awesome life, helping him with his stresses and uh, all the stuff that's going on in his life as well. So that's where I really wanted to get in. Because I'm like, who the fuck gave this dog to this person? Uh, and who qualified it? You know what I mean? You should be fucking shamed yourself. Um, so I want to make sure it's fucking legit and that our dogs are killing it and we have a fucking awesome name um, and not half-assing shit. So they have to be passing these uh, these tests, um, you know, amazingly. Hey, DBA last year, I know I know the minister was, was pushing hard to make like high, up the quotas or up the budget for, for emotional support dogs. Yep. That is a no-brainer, mate. We we just got to yep. tag the fuck out of people in Twitter to get DVA paying attention. Like, yep. if you're going to encourage or, or raise budget for for more emotional support dogs, get them trained by dudes who know what they're fucking doing. A and B are veteran dog trainers. That that seems yep. like a no-brainer. Yep, hundred um, percent. People that can actually train dogs and and understand what they need out of these dogs. Yep. Because you're right. Like I've seen. I, I swear, man. I've seen people walking around with emotional support dogs, I reckon they just wanted to get them on a plane so they put a red handkerchief on their back and yeah, walk yeah. their fucking untrained Labrador through the through the yeah. airport security. Yeah. Like, they're not well-trained dogs at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those people get found out pretty hard because, I mean, people don't want to be, go, be going up to these people and, and hitting, hitting them up. Is your dog qualified? Who is you? Where's your license for your dog sort of thing? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> uh, you can buy these bloody vests off um, like eBay. And shit like that, you know, just put it on your dog and start walking around, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you can out pretty quickly if your dog's fucking jumping on tables and carrying on like an idiot, you know? Yeah. So, Has there been some fucking bullshit with it all? Um, I, I know there's always a negative. I know that, like, you know, 30% of the dudes need the problem, 70% of the dudes are, are, are probably taking it for. But when it comes to people who need these dogs, getting them and using them because they believe in it and it hasn't been watered down by people who probably don't deserve it, taking it for a piss ride, or is it, what is your experience? Um, honestly, I haven't had too much of a negative experience with that side of things, which is good. Uh, the people that I have trained with so far definitely are reaping the benefits with these dogs. Uh, and one of the boys, Dave, fuck, he's an awesome dude, man. Um He's had some dramas in the past, you know, in the, uh, while serving. Um, he's helping with a lot of stuff going on with his business now, which is overseas, helping with, um, uh, you know, the, the poor and stuff in different countries and all that sort of stuff without going into it too far. But he's taking his dog everywhere he goes. 
um, and it's helping him so much. He's taking it to his meetings with uh, the people he works with and and other people that he looks after that have, you know, PTSD and, and some mental health issues. And that dog's helping those guys as well. So he's reaping the benefits that way for himself and helping other people. Um, which is fucking awesome, man, and I love that. You know, you get that funny feeling inside, you know what I mean? Um, and I love that. I just want to keep doing that. And um, just uh, when we open that facility, I want to be doing that ESA stuff. So if you, you know, you do have some problems, fucking come to us. We'll fucking help you. We're on the same level. We've been through the same shit um, that you have been through. Uh, do, definitely don't be ashamed. Like, um, we want it, what, what we want to do is we want you again, to be able to train your dog and we'll show you how to do that instead of just getting a, a dog that's been trained and you really don't have a bond with it or anything like that. Um, and then you It's have to ownership as well, isn't it? Like, 100%, that's my- man, 100%, yeah. I mean, yeah, it can be a bit stressful having a puppy and then training it from scratch if you do have some of those, um, you know, those, those situations. I, I totally understand that. You might have to get a dog that's already trained. Cool, is what it is. Uh, some people that are a little bit low on that spectrum, it might be easier just to... Uh, get a dog and, and train it up from scratch and fuck will help you with that, you know, because the good thing about you training your own dog is, and this, the good thing about this training method is you're creating that bond with your dog um, whilst doing that training. So you're having a fat time with your dog and doing all this cool training, but you're creating a, such a stronger bond with you and your dog at the exact same time. Uh, and, you know, that's what we want to, we want to do that. We want to get that going with people, you know, so yeah, I can't, I can't wait to open up this place and, and get all this shit going and start getting all, getting all these organisations on board to, to, to help people and fucking, you know, it's going to be awesome. Oh, mate, we're going to have... Go, sorry, mate. mate, I was going to say, sorry, boys, I've got a hard out in a couple of minutes. Um, so I don't know if, if you guys are going to keep talking when I fuck off, but if, if you do, mate, for, like, firstly, massive appreciation for coming on as an ambassador with Swiss 8, dude. No like, worries, man. I didn't really know. I think I've met you once or twice Yeah, before. I think we met before, yeah. Um, through the boys, but uh, I know every, all the boys down here vouched for you and said you're a legend. And then yeah. I had a look, and that was this is this is one of the major reasons I thought you're a perfect fit for an ambassador for us. Is that um, like we always talk about? A lot of people, especially from SF communities, uh, step out and uh, rest on laurels of, of, of high performing things they've done in the military, which is always sure. fucking amazing. Yep. Um, but you've got straight out and reinvented yourself and now moving forward in business. And that's, that's the fucking perfect narrative and the perfect yep. model for what we're trying to inspire other people to do. 100%. Have a sick military career. Yep. When you get out, look for something else. Yeah. Um, and, and find a, a business or find a job or something you love doing and make that your life. And that is exactly what you've done, bro. And 100%. And like, if you, if you don't do that, you're going to fucking struggle, man. The amount of people, and you guys would know, uh, especially with your organization, is people get out because they've had enough. Fuck, mm. what, what do I do now? Oh, fuck, I've lost. I'm going to start drinking or whatever. You know what I mean? There's no there's no goal. There's no clarity. There's there's none of that sort of stuff in their, in their life. Um, where if you find something, like you said, whilst you're in, like I did, fuck, I had Master of Puppies for three or four years before I got out. You know, I was working seven days a week with the army and then working weekends and then weekdays and all that. So I was smashing it out, getting a little bit burnt out here and there, but you have to work around that. But I had a goal at the end and that was obviously to discharge one day and open my own dog training business. So it's definitely very, very important to have a goal before you get out. And I can't stress that enough to fucking everyone that is thinking about getting out. You have to have something before you get out, a goal, um, something that you love even better. 
Um, but it just has to, man. Otherwise, you're going to struggle when you get out and you'll probably fucking end up getting back in. Right? I'd be one of those style fucking people, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. So, so where, do, where do people find you now other than Instagram, Master of Puppets? Right. So, what are we on now? We're Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, masterpuppies.com.au. Uh, get on board. Um, we're making up a new website soon, so it'll be heaps better and more professional than it is at the moment. Because uh, again, we're going to go fucking big time with this, um, and we're going to start. We're going to smash it out, you know. So, yeah, it's it's getting pretty busy up the Gold Coast at the moment. I mean, when there I was, go. yeah, when I was in Sydney, I mean, I was getting booked out for two months, you know. Yeah. Now, so, now, do you still have dudes training down here, or is it just the Goldie I'm, now, I'm, solely Goldie? I've got one guy at the moment. I'm training another guy up at the moment, which I'm going to put him up on Instagram probably today or tomorrow. Um, to get him out there. And then I've got a few other people that are interested in, in training as well, which I'm going to do. But uh, because of the facility that we're going to open up, I'm gonna, I need to train a fair few people up for that as well. Um, so, okay. yeah, we'll be, be smashing it out. So, mate, one day you can come up, come up to Goldie and uh, check it out and have a look around. 100%, and, you know what man. I mean? Well, 100%. actually, on, on that, bro, like, I I mean, obviously, any anything you we, we don't have a massive audience yet, but anything we can do to help promote the new um, center launch, fucking. I'll, I'll let you guys know, man, 100%, uh, because, you know, it's going to have a lot to do with uh, the veterans and stuff like that. I'll, I want to try and get all the veterans to fucking build it if they can. I'm going to put a big thing out to try and see if we can get, uh, you know, the veteran tradies and all those guys to come. Yeah. Do it all together, you know what I mean? Uh, make 100%. a bit of a veteran thing of it, if I can. Um, if those people are around so but yeah once it's yeah. once it's going we'll, we'll do a big lead up for, for advertising and all that sort of stuff as well um and then just fucking smash it yeah sick um the final thing was mate i've got to ask you i'm gonna ask you on air so you can't back out of it i would love to see i don't think you'd back out of it anyway but me, i would love to see is that you want to see me in your, your suicide dick talks <laughs> no well that too yeah i'll send you some fucking oh no um, <laughs> No, no, I don't try and catch blokes out and watch them in dick togs, mate. Don't worry about that. Body like you, mate. I'm going to wear a shirt sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm keen to get, like, we could pretty much grab everything that you've explained. And I want to get, like, an intro to, to, to dog training yep. program on the app. And it's not, I don't want to steal, like, your, your business or anything, but it pretty much the stuff you've told us. Yeah, sure. Like, there's people out there that are like, I've got no fucking idea where to start. I'd love to put something on the app where it's just a real basic intro telling your dog to fucking walk around in a circle. Yeah, like, no yeah. shit, I'm taking that to the bank. If anyone sees a dude with two kids in a shopping center doing <laughs> circle work, that's me trying to tell my kids to fucking stop being naughty. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, like if we could shoot, if you're interested, man, sure. we'll, we'll shoot like a basic intro to, to your, your puppy stuff. Yep. And then that way when people do the basics, they're, they're going straight to you for proper training. Yeah, sure, man. No worries. I'm more than happy to, to, to get it out and, and help, uh, help your organization as well. No worries. Uh, just work hand in hand. Um, even even, in, even intros like the the intro programs we want to start doing. And again, I've I've got to run, but I keep I'm the one waffling. Um, they're not so much like we're not gonna, you're not going to pick up an app like ours and go, yeah, I'm I'm going to watch this five second video and then train my dog. Obviously, there's flaws to that. That's why YouTube's yep. fucking up the industry. Yep. But things like what your lifestyle is and what type of dog you should be looking for. That's stuff that most people don't know. Most people watch movies like John Wick and go, it was really sick in that movie, yep. or they're chicks and they go, hey, I want a dog that fits in my handbag. I know nothing about it. I don't yep. know what it eats. I don't know how much X. I just know that it looks good on Instagram. Yep. They go and get that one. Like All the basic shit about getting a dog and treating it right and what you kind of need, that's that's the perfect program to go on the app, to go yep. intro to having a having a pet. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, 
if you want to, I can always put contacts for trainers around different parts of Australia as well that do teach that method uh, and would be more than happy to, um, you know, how about the, the veterans or whoever um, with, the, with the Swiss 8 guys as well. So I, I could always send those, uh, those guys a message as well. There's a massive group chat with those guys. Uh, I'm sure they'd be keen to get involved. So, Sick. so Love it. No worries. No, mate, fucking, I can't believe it. We could probably we could run this out for another four hours. Yeah, I know, man. I know. <laughs> you can if you want. I just got to go in like minus two minutes. Yeah, no but worries, mate. <laughs> having you having you on, mate. Uh, the passion and the drive, and and to go through the career you've done, and then to open up a business like this, I think people would be hard pressed to find a better place to entrust uh, ESAs, dog training, anything, mate. Like, I think yep. you're a fucking legend, mate. Thanks for coming on. And, no uh, we'll have to get you on. And, and if there's any big things coming on in the dog world, mate, we'll get you on and, sure. uh, maybe right some wrongs. If another John Wick four comes out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and anyways, guys, uh, obviously awesome, uh, coming on the podcast with you guys. Like I said, I've been wanting to do it for a while and I love, uh, you know, love what you're all about and definitely wanted to get involved with this organization, man. So, Anytime you need some help, just give us a buzz, man. More than happy to help you. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bro. Cheers, man. Cool.